Hello guys and welcome to Hudson Champions League. We are back with our favorite competition and of course with Dani Fisichella and with Alvaro to analyze the four games we have this week. So also comment with us the Champions League and don't forget to press the like button and subscribe to our channel. And now let's go on with the show. Champions League is back finally and of course we have Álvaro Romeo and Dani Fisichella with us. How are you guys? Very well, thank you Edu. Ciao Hello. Álvaro, long time not seeing you. Very well. Yeah, you still look good, Dani. Thank you very much. You're a, you're a, you, look, you look just fine. <laughs> we are I, I take it, I take it. To, to enjoy this Champions League back and we have four games uh, and we have especially two very interesting ties in my opinion in this week starting with the first game we are going to analyze in the pack the Pans PSG Real Madrid there is uh, a lot in stake here I guess Kylian Mbappé is going to be in the spotlight uh, during the whole tie also in this uh, first game the first thing we have to do, Alvaro, if we want to bet on this game, of course, is checking the outright market. Always very interesting. And we have PSG favorites for this game, 2.10, Real Madrid 3.8. If we see to qualify, also PSG are favorites. Uh, overall, do you consider Jet uh, favorites, the French team? No, not at all. I think Real Madrid is the favorite uh, for this tire. I don't know about uh, this game, but definitely for this tire. Mm. I think that uh, we have spoken in the past about the problems of PSG. Um, I add a few after watching uh, their games lately. Uh, by the way, the, on Friday they beat Han, uh, and it was good for them. Mbappé scored in the, just in the last minutes of the game. But yeah, I think that apart from the defensive issues, apart from the fact that two players now, because Neymar is not going to be ready for the game or at least to start, uh, two players are basi basically not defending. Uh, I think that PSG has a problem uh, because there is no an eagerness to improve in there. They are, there is not an eagerness to profit every minute of the game. They let the time go, maybe because in the league they have a really good advantage already, but this is not a good training ahead of the Champions League. They don't try to get the better of uh, every minute of the game. And I think Real Madrid, for all their faults, because right now they've got a few, um, they are having a tougher challenges uh, domestically uh, right now. Uh, I think that uh, the Benzema absentee, if he happens not to play, is going to be very important for Real Madrid uh, because uh, he's by far the, the guy who is doing not only the goals, no, making the goal, playing, uh, scoring the goals, but also like uh, helping a lot in the build-up up front. And without Benzema, Real Madrid is a lesser team. Uh, probably he is the, the most important player of the team, all together with Vinicius. Uh, Militao and maybe Thibaut Courtois plus Casemiro. But uh, Benzema is so important in that, in that team. Anyway, all that said, and uh, hoping that uh, Ferland Mendy is back because uh, with Mendy, Real Madrid has astonishing numbers. Uh, without Mendy, they are not so good. If Mendy is back, um, I think Real Madrid is going to control the ball. This is the way I see the game. Um, they are going to control it a lot because PSG doesn't press a lot. And Real Madrid has the players with the know-how to control the football games. I'm talking about Kroos, Casemiro, Modric. Um, then uh, at the back, Alaba and Militao, they offer good solutions with the ball as well. So I'm pretty sure that Real Madrid is going to have the control of the game. But they will have to avoid losing the ball, the ball up front. So counter-attacks don't happen. 
Um, because if counterattacks happen, then the most dangerous player in the world right now, Kylian Mbappé, will have a chance. And a chance of Mbappé up front is uh, a synonym of a goal. Even though Real Madrid has Eder Militao as a defender, and I think that Eder Militao um, has proven against very fast uh, strikers in La Liga this season, that he is probably the best stopper for this kind of profile of a striker. He did it with Iñaki Williams. Obviously, Iñaki Williams is a downgrade over Uh, Kylian Mbappé, but Iñaki Williams versus Militao, they have played this season a little bit, and it was a good stepping stone for Militao ahead of Kylian Mbappé. Uh, so, I think that uh, Real Madrid will control the ball, yes, and uh, when it comes to PSG, they are slow recovering the ball, they got problems in the build-up, uh, they got players with obvious deficiencies with the ball in their feet, in central areas, I'm talking about Danilo, I'm talking about Gay, I'm talking about Kim Pembe. So I think that the possession is going to be Real Madrid's, but in the counter-attacks with Mbappé and Messi, PSG will have a lot of dangerosity. So for this game, I could go for something like this, and now I'll leave Dani. Uh, the Handicap 0 for Real Madrid in the first half, that pays 248, I love that one. Or the Asian Handicap plus 0.25 in the first half for Real Madrid, that pays 178, meaning that um, The second one, uh, plus 0.25. If they win the first half, you win. And if they draw in the first half, you get half a win. What I call the decaf double chance. It's a very good <laughs> definition. Uh, I think I agree with you that uh, Real Madrid should be the favorite. Obviously, if you look at the numbers of PSG recently, they tell you a story. They tell you that they are unbeaten since that defeat in November against Man City. Uh, 14 games, nine wins, eight clean sheets. But you have to put a lot of caveat. Some of those clean sheets were in the French Cup against lower division teams. At the weekend against Run, Run very organized, went to the Parc de France, did the job, had some chances, and they were only caught on the break in the very last minute of the game, Paris Saint-Germain were underwhelming. Yes, of course, they're always going to score, always going to have some threat up front. Uh, they demolished Lille the week before, uh, 5-1. Obviously, they got a very healthy league lead in League One. Uh, the absence of Neymar, I think, is really, really, really important for PSG. It's a little bit of a curse. When they get to the Champions League knockout stage, they always have absentees. They had them year in and year out. They will be without Ramos, they will be without Herrera. Yes, I do agree with Alvaro. Their midfield is strong, is physical. I don't think they can control the ball. Danilo had good games recently, but I don't think he's nowhere near the technical ability of Luka Modric or uh, Tony Cross. Uh, look, if you look, though, at the numbers of this Champions League a little bit more in depth for PSG, you will find that they've been really, really disappointing. First of all, only one clean sheet in the group stage. Then if you look at the number of saves that the keepers made, PSG is fourth for saves. So they've been very, very defensive team. Fifth from bottom in terms of attacks during the group stage. So not a very attacking, not what you would expect with PSG. And I think another one that ex simply explains how PSG uh, haven't got a very clear pattern of playing. They were first for dribbles in the group stages of the Champions League. Often the individual solution often trying to get past the man without perhaps having a teammate next to them. They haven't got a great record either in the Champions League knockout in the last three years. They won six, lost seven on knockout games, including when the Champions League was only played one leg only. 
For this reason, I can see Real Madrid more experienced, better put on the pitch. Double chance. I would go for double chance. X2 plays very well. 1.91 for Real Madrid. Obviously, uh, best odds updated every minute on Ospedia. Or you could go because there is this tendency for PSG to score late, to leave it late. They score a lot of late goals. Over 1.5 goals in the second half. 187, a little bit less than X2. You know, over two goals, you get you win the stake. I have to say that Alain Balnegri, our French expert, is also very disappointed by the way PSG are playing with Pochettino. They don't control the games. They are weak in the midfield. That's how Real Madrid can harm them. Both of you, you give the edge to Real Madrid. Of course, the odds are better. If you support Los Blancos, talking about goals, Danny, in this game, the bookies expect uh, many goals. Of course, having in the pitch uh, that quality <laughs> is something uh, we should expect or not, because over 2.5 goals is 1.69. <clears throat> uh, we all expect goals, but perhaps since this is the first leg, leg uh, we see a KG1 both... Uh, trying to defend and counter-attack. I think, I think too many goals might not be on the card this one. Let's not forget, by the way, away goals ca- don't count anymore mm-hmm. from this from this in the Champions League. So that could unleash a little bit more of attacking uh, from both sides. You know, PSG might not be too concerned of conceding a couple if they can score one more. I can't see Real Madrid going too gung-ho. Just one stat before Alvaro, I'm sure he will add something on that. Only 33% of home games of PSG have been clean sheets at home this season. So only one in three of the great stats you can find on Ospedia betting stats. So rather than a lot of goals, I would rather go for both to score. Because uh, he won all the three games, by the way, Alvaro, uh, in yeah. the group stages when they played in the Parc de Pans, including Man City. It would be fair to say that PSG had one of the tough groups. So, you know, uh, we cannot like overpraise, for example, some clubs that went through as first and uh, under underpraise uh, PSG coming out of second yeah. because, for example, they beat Manchester City at Parc de France and uh, RB Leipzig is not an easy not an easy team to the point that uh, Manchester City, I think they haven't considered this season more goals to any club than to RB Leipzig. So let's put everything in the right context. But uh, I think that one of the main issues with PSG is that, uh, again, they, there is not an eagerness to improve. There is not an eagerness to get any better with Pochettino. And I can see that in their games. I mean, um, this is not a team that is trying new things constantly. This is not a team that... Uh, um, has many players showing a core of players showing a lot of commitment day in day out and uh, this is very dangerous uh, because normally the narrative will tell you that PSG will switch on for the Champions League but that doesn't work like this you need to work every weekend to be able to switch on in the Champions League winning is a habit doing the thing well the things well is a habit as well and they they are so needed PSG of uh, of quality players with the ball on their feet, that Berratti probably is the most important player of this team. And I, I'm not kidding with this. The other day I saw, for example, Jorginho Wijnaldum playing against Han, and he was a shadow of himself, which makes me think that Jurgen Klopp is the best thing that has happened to his career. And you, you play with Pochettino in PSG, and suddenly you lower your level so badly. It doesn't make any sense what happened to Jorginho Wijnaldum, a player who was uh, coveted by Barcelona as well. So, good players, with control of the ball in PSG, they are signing and they are uh, making a difference. And uh, in this team, the likes of Verratti or the likes of Messi, someone that you can pass the ball to and they can give it back to you, they sign even more than 
in some other squads. So this is PSG right now, and this is not acceptable in a team that is considered, and it is one of the most rich in the world. The fact that you've got only two or three players actually who can have a good control of the ball, and this is very important for me. So I think that the control of the game is going to be at Real Madrid side. And uh, Real Madrid, Daniele broke down very good stats about PSG, and they considered so many shots and, uh, and all that. But Real Madrid, however, in the Champions League, and I know that their group was slightly easier than PSG because they played against Sheriff, uh, but Real Madrid produced a lot of shots in the Champions League as well. And even when they lost against Sheriff, they produced like 20 shots easily. Yeah. So Real Madrid is attacking quite a lot in the Champions League as well. So if Benzema is there, uh, which I doubt, Real Madrid is, for me, the big favorite for this game. I'm not saying Real Madrid to win. Because uh, I don't know if Benzema is going to feature. That's why I'm going to the Asian Handicap Zero in the first half and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I, there is no reason for me to trust PSG apart from a big night from Mbappé, which happens every now and then, of course. But uh, normally teams prevail over individualities. And let's not forget quickly, we talk about the problem at the back for PSG. Their best left back, who's Bernat, has been left out of the Champions League list because of the multiple injuries. Mm -hmm. So they're going to play really this key game with the second choice left back, which is Nuno Mendes, which has been getting better. But I don't think the defense of PSG is nowhere near as good the defense of many other teams. If Benzema is not featuring, uh, Gareth Bale is going to be uh, <laughs> in the pitch. He played uh, actually quite... against Villarreal, Edu. He played well. Yeah. He played well. He has the quality. Of course, he has the danger that uh, other players uh, don't have. For instance, uh, Jovic or, of course, uh, Isco when he's playing at front. But, of course, Benzema is going to try to play this massive game in the Parc des Princes. Uh, you have now the info and the tips from Alvaro and Dani to bet on this game. Also on Tuesday, we have a Sporting Man City. If we check the outright odds for the Champions League, we see that Man City are the big favourites to win the tournament. Odds are around 3.8. And therefore, also to win this game, I think no one can think about a surprise here. Man City, they are dominating, of course, the Premier League, winning and winning and keeping clean sheets. Uh, Danny, they are very strong also in the defensive part. Uh, sporting, we were surprised by them knocking out, uh, remember, Borussia Dortmund. But do you think uh, Man City can have any trouble traveling to Lisbon or no way? This is a one way leg. Look, in the Champions League, we said when we talked about the group stages, there are very few teams that cannot score you a goal against. And we know which one they are. Sporting Lisbon is definitely a team that can hurt you, can score goals. They have proven that. They need to do it against a very good defense. The number says that in the last 12 games, seven clean sheets for Man City, who cruised through the very busy December fixtures and you know January fixtures with the Cups and everything. They are unbeaten since that game in December against Leipzig, who didn't count anything with that. You know, for a team to have the best Premier League defense with 14 conceded, that says a lot. You know, it is obviously a different level. They've been they've been relentless as well. Well, Man City winning they week in, week in and week out. They also know how to win easy, which I mean, they know how to get the job done without playing fantastic football like they did against Brentford or even against Norwich. But they know when they turn the switch on and win. Now, this is a, a different challenge for them because I think Sporting possesses better technical abilities than some of the, the, the teams that they played in the Champions League, what in the Premier League, what Sporting doesn't have is the experience. But 
for Manchester City approaching this game with a good lead in the Premier League, having rotated so many players, Guardiola's done a fantastic job. I think this is what he's really, really good at. When it comes October, November, he starts rotating the players, making four or five changes every week. You don't know who's going to play and you don't know who's going to play where. You know, if Grealish is going to be on the left, if he's going to be through the middle, if Cancelo, Cancelo can play everywhere, pretty much. Against Brentford, uh, Guardiola played with no recognized left back and put Laporte there. So there is the variation that really keeps the other manager thinking as well. Uh, they got 16 different scorers so far so in, the, in the season. Only one, curiously, is in double figure. Only Mares is in double figure. Then uh, Sterling had a couple of the weekend, so he should be close to that figure three. as well. You got three. Three. That's true. Against Norwich, I lost the last one. So, you know, uh, Manchester City, um, you know, scoring goals. Yes, it is on the cards. Uh, they also have a very good record in knockout stages in the last three years. Uh, won uh, 11, lost three knockout stages in the Champions League, including last year final. So, to see Manchester City scoring is probably what you have to go for. Scoring in both halves, so first and second half, that's a good stake, 195. And we saw, Alvaro, in this uh, Champions League in the group stages, in most of the games of uh, Sporting, a lot of goals. Uh, even I remember against Borussia Dortmund, of course, but even against Ajax, I'm considering five. Uh, it's a team that attack, but also they leak a lot in the back. Yes, they do. I mean, in the Champions League, they scored four against Besiktas uh, at home and away. They scored three against Dortmund at home. So, yeah, they've been doing uh, really entertaining. They've been performing really in, in a really entertaining way. And I think that the Sporting Club de Portugal are uh, one of those teams that, uh, you know, I don't know how long it's going to take until they get dismantled, but uh, so far so good. Enjoy the ride uh, while it lasts. Um, in the Champions League, they have scored 14 goals um, in a group with uh, Borussia Dortmund, with Ajax. That's pretty impressive as well. And um, I think that this is the kind of team that uh, should present a problem to pretty much anyone in the Champions League, but maybe not Manchester City. Because uh, Manchester City right now, they look so composed. And Daniel broke down very well. Not only the a few stats, but the way they are playing. And the fact that they have conceded 14 goals in the Champions League says a lot, even though you know, maybe in the Champions League their numbers are not that impressive when it comes to um, goals conceded because uh, they have conceded a lot of goals in the Champions League, definitely in comparison to what they have conceded in the Premier League. And even they have less possession in the Champions League, 57% on an average in the Premier League, they've got more. But yeah, you can put it down to the fact that they have played against PSG twice and then against RB Leipzig twice. And of course, your numbers are going to go down a little bit. This is absolutely uh, logical. But when it comes to Sporting, uh, this season uh, they are six points away from Porto. In the weekend they couldn't beat them, even though they started winning 2-0. Um, but then, you know, the game got complicated. Porto is a very um, astute team as well. And at the end, Sporting just got a draw and it was a very disappointing result for them because uh, Sporting wants to win back-to-back -back titles and it looks like that uh, it's going to be difficult with Porto being six points away from them. But uh, Sporting is always competitive, or at least they have been competitive in the last uh, two years. Um, three clean sheets this year alone, I mean in 2022, that's pretty good already. Let's see when it comes to the team news if Pedro Gonçalves could be there because he's an important player for them. But 
Whoever, Fields, encima tienes con tu do a good job. Eh, no wonder why Rubén Amorim, eh, who was four years ago doing an internship under Jose Mourinho eh, in the high performance football eh, coaching course, eh, he's been called the new Mourinho, maybe that is going too far, but he's one of those new Portuguese coaches that uh, is proving that he, that the Portuguese Academy of Coaches is one of the best in the world. In the world. Uh, for this game, I could go for the following, because I believe that the Sporting Club de Portugal, they would be competitive against anybody else, but against Manchester City, they will struggle. Um, I think that the over 1.5 goals in the second half Uh, could be feasible, uh, considering that once Manchester City opens the scoreline, maybe they want to score one more or two more, Sporting will go front as well, and that could happen. But um, in the same way that Daniel, I believe he said that uh, he backs Manchester City to score in both halves, I'm going to go for something which is kind of similar or follows the same logic, which is the half-time, full-time market. And I'm going to back Manchester City to win the first half, and to keep the win in the second half. That pays 191. And if you believe that Manchester City can extrapolate their level in the league, their defensive level, 14 goals considered to the Champions League now, then believe in the win to nil for Manchester City. That pays 215. Only one thing, um, Walker is suspended for Manchester City. This is a little bit of a loss for them because Walker doesn't overlap anymore the right winger who normally is Riyad Mahrez. So, Probably Joao Cancelo will have to play uh, as a right back, in the right, obviously. Uh, and I really want to see how he does, because he extended his contract last week until 2027. And I think that he is the future right back of Manchester City as soon as Walker uh, retires or gets older. So let's see how he plays over there. Then, uh, much more open the next time. We have on Wednesday, Inter Milan-Liverpool. This is a very good one, although, of course, Liverpool are favourites, both for the tie to qualify for the quarterfinals and also to win in San Siro, 2.17. Danny, this uh, tie is not getting at the right moment for Inter Milan after so many weeks on top of the table. They lose the leadership. They drew against Napoli after the defeat against Milan. Not only that, they are struggling to win in the last month. Uh, I remember playing bad also and winning in the last minute against Venezia. So not uh, the best moment for Inter Milan. And on the other hand, Liverpool are arriving in form to this uh, moment, even without Salah and Mane in the, in the last weeks because they were in the African Cup of Nations. They are at a great level. Do you also see Liverpool that favourite or as an Interista, you have hopes in your team? Well, you always have hope your team is going to do a great night, but Liverpool is uh, uh, European royalty. Yes, they are favourite. This is a team that is competing with Manchester City for the Premier League, that is doing so well, has done so well in the Champions League. Inter have had the backs to the wall in the last uh, few days. It has been a tough period since the break because they're tough fixtures. You know, all this 2022 has been difficult. They play Juventus, they play Atalanta, they play Lazio, they play Milan, they play Roma in the Cup, they play Napoli. You can't win them all. And yes, Inter and Napoli, they couldn't win it, but at least didn't lose. And, you know, after a very disappointing first half, they came out fighting the second half and I think in the end was a fair draw. But yes, Inter, uh, physical condition, it's a 
somehow concerning. I don't think in the in the last few games they had the same energy for the 90 minutes. Take the derby, for example. They were dominating against Milan. They could have scored two or three in the first half. Then they dropped down and they were caught, uh, called by the reaction of uh, Milan. Only two clean sheet cap for Inter in the last eight. This is not a great uh, stats, especially if you're facing such a threat against Liverpool. They have conceded in four out of five home games in 2022. Look, Inter is playing better than last season. That's for sure. That the brand of football is more entertaining, is more expansive, more players participate in the attack. And in fact, at this stage of decision, there are more goal scorers at Inter than they were under Antonio Conte. The issue is that I think these games like this, they are decided by individual moments. They are decided sometimes by your strikers. And some of the Inter strikers, I think they are misfiring. Uh, Jacko is keeping a good uh, goal tally, a goal every three games, I would say. Sanchez, it's in and out of the team and seems to produce more when he comes as a substitute. The real concern for me is Lautaro, who since he renewed his contract, hasn't had a great, great spell. Well, he scored against the lower teams in Italy, but in the big moments, he seemed to go a little bit missing. But most importantly, Inter will be without the most important player in the midfield for this game, Barella. He's got suspension for two games for the red card he picked up stupidly at the Bernabeu. And he's gonna be he's the more dynamic, the more energetic, the guy that can press as well uh, from the front and have not having them in these two games is a real concern. Also because I'm really uh, doubtful about his replacement Vidal and his dynamism or maybe his lack of dynamism his lack of intensity he could be in for a really really tough night Uh, Bastoni should be back had a little injury so he should be back is really important but uh, you know Inter goes back to the knockout stages since 10 years since 2011 so it is an opportunity to uh, cherish you know to relinquish but let's be clear this is the toughest game the Inter has ever played in the last two years and a half. Not the most important one, because they were in the Europa League final against Sevilla, but this is the toughest opponent they had in the Champions League and obviously in the league in the last two years and a half. Let's see how they do. I could imagine an attacking game. I could imagine an open game. After all, Inter were the teams with most shots in the Champions League. 117, sixth for shot on target. Liverpool were first. So, you know, it's there or there about. Uh, Good odds for over 2.75 goals, 188. So that means if there are three goals, only three goals, you get, you win half your stake. And on the other hand, uh, Alvaro, it's a good moment for Liverpool uh, this year, not like the last one. They don't have major in- injury concerns. And the second line, I'm performing quite well as well. They are performing, they are performing quite well. I think that uh, the signing of Luis Dia uh, has <coughs> been a clever one too. Uh, they got a very complete squad. And I think that a couple of years ago, maybe they had a short squad. And right now I look at Liverpool and their squad is phenomenal and uh, abundant and I would say that they've got 20 very capable players in there uh, also Harvey Elliott is back and hopefully he will make a little bit of a difference in the league for Liverpool because he got a terrible ankle injury and he's back fortunately mm, this game is going to show the real level of the Premier League and the Serie A and uh, let me explain you why I mean uh, 
Liverpool has played in the Premier League 24 games and they've got uh, 54 points. Inter Milan, they have played 24 games and they've got 54 points as well. So basically in Italy, with 54 points, you are one point away from the leader. In England, with 54 points, you are nine points away from the leader. Uh, this is a little bit to understand what it is like to compete against Manchester City. I think that if Liverpool hadn't had such an opponent, an opponent for Premier League history probably, they would have won more titles. And the fact that Liverpool comes second in this game and Inter comes second in this game, well, tells you that uh, these teams, obviously, they, they, they have some other duties to do, like fighting for the league and all that. But in the case of, in the case of Inter Milan, it's more likely that they win the league than in the case of Liverpool because they are face, facing a super opponent in the Premier League. All that said, I think that Inter, Daniel explained it, uh, they are not coming in their best moment of the season, but at the same time, I put it down to the fact that they have been playing against really tough opponents too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, the absentee of Varela is key. But uh, one of the things that uh, will worry me uh, about Inter is the fact that in the Champions League, in the high-profile games that they have played this season, they haven't been able to beat Real Madrid. And Liverpool is going to present a similar challenge or even a tougher one in terms of level. Um, when it comes to Liverpool, I think that uh, after having gone through the African Cup of Nations period, uh, which uh, looked like uh, it would be damning for Liverpool uh, because they would be losing track with Manchester City. Well, that hasn't happened really. Uh, Liverpool uh, kept the level. Uh, the defence is working very well. I think that um, right now in the season there is a player, Diego Jota, who has clearly shown that uh, he's the number three option up front because he's nailing it up front so well and scoring many goals. And the levels of um, defensive uh, know-how and defensive uh, capabilities of Liverpool have gone up again uh, with Van Dijk and Matip playing. I think that last season Liverpool had many problems in the defensive departure and that little by little um, multiplied across the pitch because Fabinho had to be deployed to the centre-back position uh, because uh, Liverpool didn't have any other uh, good holding midfielder and so on and so on and so on. So a problem that started in the centre-back little by little um, like a bad disease spread around the pitch. But this time Liverpool is favorite for me. Uh, Liverpool has proven in the Champions League that uh, they, number one, they qualified in the most difficult group with Porto, with Atletico, with Milan as well, and they did it very, 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 very easily. And in the Champions League lately, uh, apart from a couple of uh, blips, like for example against Atalanta last season, I would remember, I would say, yeah. uh, normally they have done well against Italian teams. So I'm going to back Liverpool. Liverpool to win 215. For me, good enough, that one. The Asian handicap minus one for Liverpool. 305. I really like that one. So very basically, I mean, uh, the minus one Asian handicap. If they win by one, you get a stake refund. But if they win by two, you win. I would just add, agree with Alvaro. Liverpool to take the lead as well. It's not maybe as good as the Alvaro odds said, but yeah, Liverpool to take the lead as they did against Milan in both ties. 175 could be another. Mm -hmm. And uh, also a very clear one, the last one, uh, Salzburg, Bayern Munich, we have to be creative as well here as in most of the games uh, of Bayern Munich to find good odds. Uh, if you remember well, <coughs> Alvaro, they played in 2020, Bayern won 2-6, uh, not sure if you expect something similar, but Salzburg, they are new in this uh, round in the Champions League and Bayern Munich, they are also one of the favourites, so I guess we shouldn't doubt about the German team. Look, uh, I did like Bayern better in November and December. I remember that I was pressing them a lot, but uh, they have a problem with their squad right now. I mean, 
Bayern had a very short squad in comparison to the Premier League big teams and they have suffered like really key injuries. Manuel Neuer, Alfonso Davis uh, with a heart issue. Let's see uh, how damaging this is for his career. Leon Goretzka, these are players that are going to be missing. And if Bayern plays fifth gear, their best 11, I have no doubt that they will be competitive in every possible scenario. And I will say that favorite in every possible scenario, apart maybe from the Etihad or Anfield. Uh, but this is not uh, what's happening to Bayern right now. They've got a lot of wingers, yes, but then in the rest of the positions on the pitch, central striker, uh, central midfield, um, the left back, they don't have so many players. And then, you know, the Joshua Kimmich thing with the vaccination thing, that, uh, what, that was uh, controversial and I kept them out from, from a few games and all that. Well, all that hasn't helped, or even the fact that Schule is going to move to Borussia Dortmund. Obviously, he's going to play if he's ready, because Bayern needs all their soldiers uh, in this type of uh, uh, knockout stages. But what I'm saying here is that maybe Bayern should reconsider this summer their transfer policy, and especially they should complete the squad a bit better, uh, because otherwise, you know, a couple of injuries... Uh, affect you a lot. When it comes to Salzburg, well, Bayern, by the way, lost in the weekend against Bochum, because this Bayern is far from perfect. I mean, they score a lot of goals, they go to win every single game, but Julian Nagelsmann knows that this Bayern cannot uh, be below par so often, because that is when uh, problems start, and that is when one day you look at yourself in the mirror and you are out of the Champions League in the last uh, 16 or in the quarterfinals, and you wonder why. Well, this is because uh, top teams, they should aspire to reach perfection in every single game. And this Bayern doesn't do that and haven't been doing this for a, for a while now. Um, when it comes to Salzburg, well, uh, Daniele will break down Salzburg very well because I, I know that he has prepared this. But they've got the poorest passing accuracy and the poorest crossing accuracy in the Champions League. Well, if uh, that manifests itself, playing the ball from the back against Bayern, they are going to lose the game. Because if they lose the ball in the key positions, well, Bayern is going to capitalize from that. And also, Salzburg has been very good at home in the Champions League this season. They got nine points at home in the Champions League, uh, but only one on the road. So if you want to put your money on the tire already, you should know that uh, Salzburg historically in this Champions League, sorry, Salzburg in this Champions League, they have been really bad on the road. But talking about this game alone, I'm going to go for the following in the same way that it was difficult to find good odds for a sport in Manchester City, I find the same problem here. So I'm going to go for the same odd that I picked for the sport in Manchester City, which is uh, the halftime full-time. I'm going to back Bayern here. That pays 191. Or something that is a little bit less generous, but still good money, the over 1.5 goals in the second half, 163. Uh, I like that one because I know that Bayern normally uh, in the second half, they tend to score a lot of goals as they did, for example, in Lisbon this season. I think uh, the Salzburg tactic might not be building for the back, but will be definitely pressing Bayern high. By the way, Salzburg were the third team for presses in the Champions League, the first for fouls committed. So he attacked a lot, especially in attacking areas or defensive areas for the opposition, fourth for ball recovered. So it is a team that plays on the front foot and try to recover the ball as high as possible. It is a team that I think will pose uh, Bayern some 
issues. They were very poor against Bochum, Sule, and Upamecano struggle as uh, Alvaro said. And you know, the thing with Bayern, they already lost four games this season, but after each defeat, it came a long streak of wins. So I would expect Bayern to go on a run and win maybe five or six on the road. By the way, last year they played each other. Bayern won 6-2 in Salzburg, then they won 3-1 in Munich. Salzburg haven't got much pedigree. Well, actually, it's the first time they are in the Champions League knockout. They often been knocked out by in the Europa League at the early stages as well. They are clear and they will win the, the, the Austrian League again. Uh, and they got goal scorers, of course. They got Adeyemi, they got Aronson, who's been scouted by Leeds. So, you know, I think Bayern need to be careful. I think they're going to win this one. But uh, for this one, I would go for another 1.5 goals in the first half, which pays. 215 or Bayern to score in both halves as I said for Man City 183 but expect maybe Salzburg to nick one well Bayern are really favorites of course for this game we can see in the odds but as Danny mentioned they already lost a few games uh, this season Alvaro can we really trust them even in these big events that usually Bayern Munich deliver I, I think that we can trust them, but uh, we shouldn't forget that the number one Salzburg, they present like a, a proper threat because uh, up front they are very, very intense and they tend to score a lot of goals. And number two, because Bayern, um, they are playing pretty much without any holding midfielder. And this is something that uh, may uh, worry Nagelsmann looking ahead. The other day against Pochum, they played with a really physical team with Lucas Hernandez, Upamecano, Pavard, Nabri, Sané, Coman, very fast players. Uh, no one in the world has uh, a team with such athletes, but they only had one midfielder, and that was Joshua Kimmich. In this Bayern, if you don't have Goretzka, you have to make sure that you play somebody alongside. Joshua Kimmich. And I think that this is key for Bayern. I don't know if Marcel Savitzer is that man. I don't know if Toliso can be that man. I believe so. But um, looking ahead or moving ahead in the Champions League, moving forward, if they don't uh, put someone playing alongside Joshua Kimmich, this team is going to suffer because there are some other teams like Manchester City, for example, that populate their midfield with many players and then uh, they will cause an unbalance to Bayern. Then, uh, four very interesting games in the back of the Champions League this week, especially, of course, PSG, Real Madrid and Inter Milan, Liverpool, Man City and Bayern shouldn't have travel. And apart from doing individual bets, I'm sure you both guys are experts in accumulators. So let's try yours for this Champions League. Danny. Tell me your account, please. Okay, uh, obviously, uh, for the four games, PSG, Real Madrid, both to score. Sporting Manchester City, over 2.5 goals. Inter Liverpool, both to score in the second half, no. Bayern to win the first half in Austria. The odds, uh, not super high, but, you know, good enough, 6.41. Mm -hmm. And what about yours? 6.41, Danny. 6.41. Stingy. Well, you know, it's only four games. It's only four games. I mean, it's just, you know. Okay. Uh, Mayaka. Um, it's a, it doubles up Danish, basically. Okay. An Asian, uh. Asian handicap of plus 0 0.25 in the first half for Real Madrid. The decaf double chance. Yeah. Sporting Manchester City, halftime, full-time, away and away. Same thing for Bayern against Salzburg. And Liverpool to win, 13.96. 
Okay, what is best, to win an act of 641 or to lose one of 13? I think it's better to say that Real Madrid is going to score a penalty for six. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you. But yeah, anyway. Right. Well, in, in, our in, audience, uh, in Europe, we can have want. penalties. Uh, if it was in La Liga, that's uh, yeah. harder. But that's a guaranteed. A bad no. idea to do that one. Then, guys, uh, hopefully we see many goals. Usually, uh, as last season, when they removed the goal uh, away uh, advantage, we had more goals, actually, in the first legs because people and teams tend to attack. So hopefully we enjoy Fun. a good week. Thank you, and see you next week, of course. Okay, you. see you later. Enjoy. I hope you enjoy the show as much as I do. So please also comment with us. Tell me your tips and predictions for these four games. And don't forget to support us. Click on the like and subscribe to our channel. And also click on the bell to get notifications. Or if you prefer to listen to our videos, we also have a podcast for you. Thanks for watching. See you soon.